what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i'm your other co-host ryan buell salutations good sir greetings and good morning it's <laughs> eight o'clock at night <laughs> we're recording but good morning could be it could be morning when someone's listening to this so yeah this exactly is, this is prophetic exactly i guess i shouldn't have said it's eight o'clock at night because what if it's not eight o'clock at night it's eight o'clock somewhere yep it's eight o'clock somewhere <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh it's gonna be one of those kinds of days seems like it um so we're here to talk about jack reacher just sit there and <laughs> keep punching no the punchinator no i don't know jack no what's it called jack reacher never go. you thought there were gonna be punches yes <laughs> jack... <laughs> jack reacher colon the jamie kennedy experiment because we pranked you yeah made you think this is gonna be an action movie A.K.A. Stupid Blonde Girls, who uh, should have died in the first ten minutes. Jack Reacher, that woman from How I Met Your Mother, is more effective than Tom Cruise. <laughs> Jack Reacher, I really wanted her to die first. Oh, uh, gosh. I really wanted death on a lot of this movie, and there was, like, none. It's true. Man, so boring. Anyway, before we get into that... Spoilers! Have you been watching anything? Uh, I've seen one thing. Is it the thing that you made you... Did you make good on your commitment from the end of the last episode? No. <laughs> it's coming, though. <laughs> um, what I, I did see, to to my shame, was sadly not Fast and the Furious, though that is still uh, in the, uh, in the uh, hopper, as it were. That's a word, right? Yeah. From paintballing? Yes. Not like football or something. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a kind of a gun term. A gun term. Okay. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, We're is. men. <laughs> We're men. We know these things. Uh, yeah, so Fast and Furious, still in the hopper, still will see it, and that'll be a glorious day when I can talk about that. But what I saw instead... <laughs> was the remake of Point Break. <laughs> was the remake of Point Break. Oh, no, that'd be terrible. No, what I saw, I saw uh, Final Fantasy XV Kingsglaive. Oh, the yeah. The animated movie that which they released that's going to be, that goes in conjunction... Conjunction? Mm-hmm. Conjuncture. Yeah, conjunction. Ooh, conjunction, conjunction. What's your function? I got it right. Um, it's released in conjunction with Final Fantasy XV coming out the end of November. Okay. It's like a prequel, like the story kind of setting up the world and the characters and and all that. Um, Sean Bean is a voice actor in it. The woman who plays Cersei in Game of Thrones is in uh, it. Is that Natalie Dormer? I, maybe. I don't I'm bad, I'm bad yeah, with names. I don't but... watch any of them. But uh, she's in it, and then the guy who is the kid in Breaking Bad. The... Jesse... Oh, oh, Aaron Jesse? Paul. I think it's Aaron Paul, yeah. yeah. He, he, okay. He's a voice actor in it. Uh, so a lot, a lot of big names are in it. Um, but it's, it was an interesting story. You know, I find Japanese anime movies... Is it computer animated or is it's computer anime? Okay. It's, it's amazing, like... Big big pluses for this movie is animation is gorgeous. Like it's kind of hard to tell the difference between the CG and reality. They you know high high quality. Yeah. Really pretty film. Um, the story's a little hard to follow, but that kind of tends to be the mo of most Final Fantasy yes. genre movies or games. Um, basic plot being you've got this good kingdom which is based on magic is up against this other kingdom which are kind of mechanoids and they're trying to invade this kingdom of magic and crap ensues okay (laughs) that's about as clear cut as i can make it um but it was really good and it made me excited for the game like i'm down to pre-order and play now that i've kind of got a a, a basic view of the world and kind of the setup nice um Um, are you a fan of the games at large or I, i am i mean certain ones i mean i've only I've only technically played ten. 
Okay. Final Fantasy X. But I do enjoy the genre. <laughs> I think, you know, it's the JRPG, Japanese RPG. Um, and I'm really excited for the, when they're doing Final Fantasy VII. Because mm-hmm. I, have, I have played a bit of Final Fantasy VII, which is a lot of fun. But it would be cool to see that in a PS4, you know, HD quality yeah. setup. Um, but I, I, in general, like the genres. I think some sometimes the stories can be quite cheesy and really convoluted yes. necessarily but i think that's also a cultural thing mm-hmm. you know they that's how they convey their fantasy we do it in a more western style um but overall i love i love the franchise and i'm i'm down to try it out so, yeah um i so i've never really played the games i saw spirits within oh yeah that was that one i got a lot of hate yeah i think from the final fantasy purists uh-huh. but actually i i personally enjoy it. I, that's one of my uh, movies i actually own okay i couldn't tell you a thing about it i saw that so long ago alec baldwin isn't it oh he really voices, he voices one of the commando guys that's hilarious uh yeah and then i saw what was the one the advent children yeah final fantasy mm-hmm. yep that's a really good one except I had no idea what was going on because I yeah. never played Final Fantasy VII or yeah. knew the plot of it. So I, yeah, that one I had to do research to understand it, which you know I enjoy doing that, kind of figuring out what's going on so I can <laughs> enjoy the story. But it's definitely not for your casual watcher. Just like, yeah. why does this guy have a sword as big as him? Yes. And why is his name Cloud? And what is the deal with cloning? And who is Mother? <laughs> Yeah, and all this weird stuff, um, but dude, the visuals yeah. that they put into these movies. Whew. Oh man, the animation is top notch. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Even I feel like even Final Fantasy Spirits Within, the animation still looks really good. I remember when that came out, and that was a big deal. Yeah, like, in pop culture, like everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, it looks so realistic." Of course, now you look at it and you're like, "Well, it's so much better now." But yeah. when that came out back in the day, that was the first of its kind, I think. Yeah. At least in the U.S. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I enjoy the franchise, and I think it's 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 a, a fun deal. So how about you, good Sal? What have you um, viewed? Let's see. What did I watch? Uh, I don't think I talked about this one last week. I talked uh, her. I saw mascots. Yeah. Mascots is the new Christopher Guest movie <gasps> oh, on Netflix. That one. Uh, so if you know who Christopher Guest is, he is the man behind Spinal Tap and Waiting for Guffman, Waiting for Guffman A Mighty in, Wind, Mighty Best Wind. in Show. I love that particular style of movie. They're uh, they're mockumentaries with improv. So he basically tells them, "Okay, here's point A, here's point B. Get there." And so he gives them the structure of the scene and then they improv everything else around it. Um, 100% of the everything in this movie is improv, I think. Um, not necessarily with mascots. There are certain things that had to happen in mascots. So I think he, I think this one was maybe written a little bit more than the other ones. A little but bit more structure. Yeah, usually it's kind of just a skeleton of a script and then they find it while they're filming. And uh, he usually has the same people in him. Eugene Levy and... Uh, uh what's her name jane lynch mm-hmm. uh he's usually in them christopher guest is usually in them harry shearer uh from the simpsons is usually in them hank azaria i think is usually in them uh fred willard is usually in them mm-hmm. i love fred willard so much hmm. and martin mull uh, just a handful of people that he uh parker posey is always in them and i love christopher guest movies Mm -hmm. i think the great i think like a mighty wind is my jam i love that movie so much and uh best in show is also great it's hilarious i think waiting for guffman might be his best movie but i think a mighty wind is my favorite one of his spinal tap's always gonna have a special place in my heart spinal tap's great too i have you ever seen it with commentary no i've heard it's amazing it's because they do it in character yeah it's just oh I tried to jump through that painting. So the movie's about... He kind of always is super fascinated by exploring subcultures. So Best in Show is about, uh, like, dog shows. And A Mighty Wind is about folk music before folk music kind of had this resurgence. Um, and this one's about mascots. Like, ma- mascots. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to describe them, but, yeah. like, sports team mascots. And... 
this goes uh it's hilarious it's i mean it's totally worth watching it's a little hard to talk about because it's comedy and so you don't want to ruin the jokes and also Mm -hmm. the jokes are super weird and like layered in the context of the movie so if you just say them out like more so than any other movie i think if you say his jokes out of context you're like why would that be funny or um whatever because so so much of it is spontaneous and in the moment i will say my favorite thing is there's just this weird little subplot that they don't do much with it has maybe three mentions and one of them is visual but they're going it's about these people going to the biggest mascot competition in the world to compete for um the top mascot prize basically but a furry sneaks into the convention and just starts trying to have like furry relations with all the mascots (laughs) (laughs) and i thought that was so hilarious every time um yeah and just seeing like seeing the different mascots they came up with was hilarious and seeing how they portray them is hilarious it's it's really funny it's a it's a good time his movies are super short it's like an hour and a half you can knock it out it's it's real good i mean it's not I don't know if it's quite the level of his other stuff, but it's still a new Christopher Guest thing. Um, and so I, it is worthy of his stuff, I think. Um, I liked it. Oh, Ouija. I saw Ouija. Origin of Evil. And that is a sequel prequel to the whoever knows how long ago it came out movie Ouija. Just like called only Ouija. like last year, wasn't it? I think it was two years ago. I think two it was 2014. Okay. Uh, so that movie has a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, the original. It's and someone well. said, let's make a sequel. Mm. And I don't know how they got the money for a sequel on 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, but they did. And they brought in uh, this guy. So first off, uh, the movie looked horrible. Like, the trailer was really bad. Um, you know, and it's kind of... The Ouija board letting demons into the souls of kids has kind of already been done really well in The Exorcist. Like, I don't know why you would mm. even try to riff that because The Exorcist is the end-all be-all of Ouija board possession movies. Mm. So this one has the brand Ouija on it because Hasbro paid to have the brand Ouija on it because they produce movies now. Are they systematically making movies based off their properties? Because mm-hmm. we had... Battleship. Battleship. Then we had Ouija. Transformers. Transformers. And now they're gonna... I heard there's gonna be a Monopoly movie? Yes. I've heard that too. Uh, there's gonna be a new Clue. Aww. They're redoing Clue. Um, they should leave Clue alone. And, yeah. So they're just kind of systematically going through. I mean, I guess... I guess the Ouija property makes more sense than Battleship. at least the premise there is inherent but are you really is that really gonna sell the products yeah like that okay so you brought up my main point with this movie which was this was basically a branding exercise so it's supposed to be an hour and a half long commercial but it comes off of like hey don't buy one of these (laughs) ever or demon but we're still gonna leave them on the shelves just in case you do want one so but like the so yeah the message of the movie is like hey ouija boards possess children and so it's kind of like well why would i like i don't understand why you would put up the money to produce this movie based on the thing you're trying to sell and then have the message be don't buy one um because the movie ends and it's not it's not one of those things where it's like, see, it's harmless. It's like, no demons. Like, yeah. it, f- it fully commits <laughs> to no demons. Uh, but, so this one is uh, a prequel, and so it's called Ouija, Origin of Evil. It takes place in 1967. It's about um, this family who, their mom is a medium, uh, air quotes around medium. Uh, she's a con artist, basically, okay. who scams these people who miss their dead relatives out of their money. And she has this whole, like, little magician system for making the table shake and blowing out candles and stuff. Yeah. How most of them operate in real life. Yes. And then um, her daughter goes to a party where there's a Ouija board. And uh, she's like, hey, mom, you should get one of these to, you know, um, for your clients. And so she buys one and rigs up this thing with, like, magnets on her knees to where she could control it without having to be touching it. And then their youngest daughter actually is connected to whatever spiritual 
realm the Ouija board is connected to. It turns out it's real lifetimes, or it's, mm. it's re- you know, it does actually have a connection to the spirit world, and um, the little girl gets possessed, and then uh, kind of demon stuff. It's actually ghosts. It's like a ghost possession movie. It's not actually demons, okay. uh, which I thought was kind of a weird twist on it, and then there's like a priest who comes to help them, and horror movie stuff. So, the movie looked horrible to me. From the first trailer I saw for it, which I think was before Don't Breathe, I was like, oh gosh, like, that other Ouija movie got terrible reviews. No one saw it. It's got, like, super low ratings. Why are they doing another one? This movie looks horrible. And then I found out that Mike Flanagan directed it. And Mike Flanagan is the guy who directed Hush earlier this year. And Hush is probably going on my top 10 favorite movies of the year at the end of the year. Uh, Mm. It's certainly, it's probably my favorite horror movie. Also quotes in that. It's more of a thriller. It's like a home invasion movie. Um, I loved Hush. I thought it was great. And I was like, well, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Quandaries of quandaries. Yeah, I was like, he directed the crap out of Hush. Like, he, I feel like he wouldn't just latch on to this. Like, I feel like he wouldn't take a payday. Like, might give it some merit. Yeah, and so I was like, "Mm, okay. And then early reviews started coming out, and they were overwhelmingly positive. Like, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes positive. Hmm. And by the time the movie came out, 81% 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I, did, I still don't believe you. Mm. And then I saw a couple, I saw Chris Stuckman's review and he said it is, quote, one of the best horror sequels ever made. And I was like, I don't. That's rather high. I don't believe you. Is <laughs> kind of how I felt. And so we ended up seeing it because Kristen wanted to see it, and I was curious enough at that point, because it was enough things had happened for me to go, I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> and so the movie kind of started, and I kind of started with like my arms folded going, impress me. <laughs> and the movie opens with the old 1960s Universal logo. It pops up with this... Uh, it says Ouija Origin of Evil, and it looks like the silent movie title card. It's mm-hmm. like uh, a yellow border, and um, these big block letters that say Ouija Origin of Evil kind of over this huge sweeping shot of their house as they fake out this lady or this man who's trying to contact his dead wife. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, already. All right. OK, OK. You got me with the tracking shot. And then just the way he started framing everything mm-hmm. made so much sense. And I was like, oh, you're doing good shot composition and good visual storytelling. And all right, you won me over. And then 20 minutes into the movie, a cigarette burn happened in the upper right-hand corner of the movie. And I was like, what? Yes, please. So a cigarette burn are those things that happen about every 20 minutes when you're watching a movie on a reel-to-reel projector, like the 35 millimeter or a 70 millimeter and uh, it's it's a signal to the projection booth hey the end of the reel is coming up you need to change the reel and he added these digitally and he didn't have to and so it just there was care put into it and i was like all right you made this movie very lovingly and it endeared me to it and it takes an hour for spooky stuff to happen which means we're just spending time with these characters for an hour. And when that happens, and the movie's only an hour 39. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, I give a crap. Like, I, yeah. I had no choice but to care about these people because I just spent an hour with them with no spooky stuff happening. And so I cared about these characters. Spooky stuff started happening. And it's a PG-13 horror movie, so it's not intense, intense, intense. Yeah. Uh but there's some decent little scares in the movie, too. And I was like, all right, like, I'm on board. I'm laying, I'm picking up what you're laying down, movie. And there's some, like, there was some stuff that made me laugh. When I see, when I, when I see a particularly creative scare, like, I have to laugh. And so this little girl, like, she kills her older sister's boyfriend. She hangs him. And then she hangs him with a bedsheet off the stairs. And then, um... They're like running, she, and then they, they, more spooky stuff happens and they end up running through the house and the girlfriend runs past the hanging body and the hanging body like 
like freaking guts on Nickelodeon. Like, do you remember that show uh-huh. Guts? It like jumps down and like grabs the girl and pulls her back up the stairs. Like she his the little girl controlled the body to go do that and I was like, "Oh, that's crazy." Uh-huh. What? And they like didn't The best thing is they don't make a big deal out of all this stuff. Like it's not like a jump scare and it's not like Oh, suddenly I have this power and now I have this army of dead bodies that I control. It was just that one little moment of like, I need my sister at the top of the stairs. Or I guess it would be the ghost who was possessing the little girl saying, I need your sister at the top of the stairs. Therefore, I will use this hanging body to pull her up there. But it wasn't, it didn't, and then that was it for the body. Like it was, it wasn't like, now this body is like dancing and stuff. Um, And so I liked, I appreciated that. Like it just forces you to deal with spooky stuff like it's not like blah yeah, it's just yeah. like this happened how are you going to react to it yeah how like this is on you i'm putting this on you as the viewer to be scared i trust you enough to be scared because that's scary as hell like yeah. um <laughs> and so so i i liked that and then the movie kind of meanders towards the end mm. and part of that is uh Mike Flanagan employs one of the best artistic uh, things you possibly could, which is stealing a lot. He steals a lot from movies that have done this before, from Poltergeist and The Exorcist and any number of Sam Raimi things. Like, the the hanging body grabbing the guy, the the girl and pulling her upstairs, like, that feels like an Evil Dead touch. For sure. (laughs) Um, Definitely sounds like that. You know, and so... The best thing about that is he was borrowing from these guys who knew what they were doing, so he knew what he was doing. The problem is, if you go towards any one kind of ending, you officially cement it as, like, borderline ripoff of that thing. So, if he would have, you know, if he does end it with the priest exercising the demon, but sacrificing himself, it's the end of The Exorcist. If he does end it with the house itself eventually winning and forcing everything still being kind of okay for the family, but forcing the family to move out, then it's too much like Poltergeist. Mm. Um, if the whole house collapses in on itself and takes the family with it, then it's too evil dead, you know? So he's he's kind of trapped at the end of it, so it doesn't really stick the landing. It's mm. just... It tries to do its own thing, but... It doesn't really earn it. It's got, it doesn't have a super, super dark ending, but it has a darker ending than it seems like it's going to end up as. And they telegraph it. That was my biggest problem with it, is they telegraph it. They show you like, hey, this is going to happen. And there's no other way this is going to happen. Yeah. Way before it's, because it's, they treat it like a twist when it happens, but they show you way in advance. Mm. And so it was just, the, the end was just like, ah. It's not coming. Yeah, right could have done better. Also, you were headed towards a place where the family was going to be okay. And I like those types of endings in my horror movies better. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it it's good. It's it's. I think it's definitely worth seeing if you like horror movies, especially if you're looking for something spooky to watch around Halloween times. Um, I think this is one of the better... Uh, you know, branded franchise, let's release it around Halloween time movies. You know, it's not, it doesn't feel like the cash grabs that the later Saw movies had or the later any of those movies, to be honest, the later Nightmare on Elm Streets or Friday the 13th or anything. It feels like they gave a crap. Uh, weirdly found out the movie was produced by Michael Bay. And I was like, what? Wait, what? What? Wait, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if you want, like, a Halloween Times movie, you can do much worse than Ouija Origin of Evil. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's good enough. Yeah. It's good enough. It's much better than I thought it was going to be. And I totally understand that 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, especially given how crap the other one was. Mm. I don't know if we need a third Ouija movie, uh, especially if Mike Flanagan's not involved with it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot, a lot of the success of this one rests firmly on Mike Flanagan's shoulders uh like i said the visual storytelling is really good um there's a scene he just stages stuff really smartly like he just he gives you these little visual clues that if you know what you're looking for is really great like he shoots an entire scene when they when the mom first gets the the 
Ouija board home, Mm -hmm. he shoots an entire scene from the perspective of the board to illustrate the power that this thing is going to eventually have over them. Mm. And I was like, ah, like, yes, that's so good. (laughs) So a lot of geeking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just like visual cues like that, but also really smart camera work. He shoots in a wide frame a lot and uh, he uses the wide frame really nicely because he'll oftentimes put everyone who's in the house in that one frame. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see everyone react to a situation all at once rather than like close up on youngest daughter. Here's how she reacts. Cut to close up on oldest daughter. Here's how she reacts. Close up on mom. Here's how she reacts. Close up on boyfriend. Here's how he reacts. They're all in the shot at the same time. Something happens and then you see how they all react. Mm-hmm. And so it's it saves a lot of time. It's really efficient. Yeah. Um and so I really I don't know. I just really appreciate that. Mike Flanagan's a really good filmmaker. Um and if, you know, Ouija spiritual crazy time stuff is not your speed, you should definitely watch Hush. Uh, it's mm. the better of the two for sure. And uh, yeah, it's real good. It's nice. real good. Hush is great. Uh, Hush is another really good kind of halloween movie. It's mm. not supernatural. It's not spooky times. It's more of a thriller. But it's um, we'll take a short break and be right back to talk about Jack Reacher. Nothing really happens. Crying a lot. <laughs> Never stop crying. <laughs> Jack Reacher, never stop moving your mouth. <laughs> and we're back. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about the latest Tom Cruise starring vehicle, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Um, it's a movie starring Tom Cruise and directed by Edward Zwick, and it also stars Kobe Smulders and a blonde, uh, girl. And <laughs> it's a sequel to Jack Reacher, movie from a couple years back, and, uh, Jack Reacher is a ex-military guy who's kind of a private detective for the military when they need him to be but this time we see um kobe smolder's character has been framed for murder and jack reacher is the only one who's willing to see through all their bs and cut through it and kind of solve the mystery at the heart of that and get her exonerated and it's uh not quite a globe-trotting adventure but a country-trotting adventure by which i mean they go to two cities (laughs) and uh try to unravel who is at the heart of all this why they're at the heart of all this and eventually clear their names uh because jack reacher gets framed and um other spy stuff things other spy cliches happen so uh ryan what did you first off give us a primer on what your expectations were versus the reality of the movie My, my expectations were to see tom cruise hitting a bunch of guys lots of action uh, I think that's what the trailer was kind of promising, is just him beating guys left and right, taking names, uh, and just doing more of what you saw in the first one, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I enjoyed the first one. I think the first one had a lot of action in it. Um, so I went in thinking, sweet, action movie, turn my brain off, don't have to worry about possible daughter <laughs> dialogues and, you know, emotional, trying to tug on my heartstrings falsely, you know, just sweet action movie. What I got was a steaming pile of crap, in my ever-so-humble opinion. Um, uh, I thought, uh, don't, nobody lynch me, but I thought Tom Cruise was just okay in it. Yeah. He he was subpar. I mean, he, he had stuff to say, but it just wasn't, I wanted to see, what I wanted to see was angry Tom Cruise. Deck mm-hmm. fools. Yeah. Because I feel like that's raw, real. I think he does that amazingly mm-hmm. well. What we got was just, ugh, with him. Like, it just wasn't, I didn't care about that. Um, Colby Smulders, I said it in the before, I'll say it again. I don't know how she's an actress. I don't know why. She, I think, she, I've seen her in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh-huh. I think that's the type of role that suits her. Mm. Which is comedy like i've seen her do well in that the serious military role that she plays in this it's just ugh. like it just i'm not buying it and i just didn't think she did a good job and then the random supposed daughter of jack so to explain that before you get into that so there's there's a subplot where 
Jack Reacher may or may not have a daughter. He finds out that there's some paperwork in his file where a woman <clears throat> who is an ex-prostitute slash drug addict had filed paperwork with the government claiming that Jack Reacher was the father of this girl and he owed back child support. Um, and so in turn, Jack Reacher kind of follows this girl to get a beat on her. She's, she's not in custody of her mother. She's in custody. She's in foster care. And so he tries to find out um, who she is. And as a result of him following her, he is followed to her and they, tr the, the bad guys, try to use her as a leveraging chip and so she ends up on this adventure with him and kobe smolters yeah um which was a mistake um because you took away what made the character good in the first one which was he's a lone wolf mm -hmm. and then you make it into this weird road trip movie with <laughs> supposed mom and begrudging teenager who honestly i wanted them both to die Colby Smulders' character and the blonde. I just wanted them both to die and then him to go on a revenge trip and taking these fools out. But they've got all these supposedly heartfelt moments with them and him like, is she my daughter? Is she not my daughter? And this mm -hmm. whole tug of war. And the actress that played the blonde just played your typical teenager, which I just hated. Just a smart ass and just a schmuck. <laughs> just, just hated it. Um, the pacing in the movie. Oh my gosh. Disgusting. It's so it's 115 minutes and it feels like 115 hours. Yeah, and maybe I didn't count it, but maybe like what four or five actual action scenes. I think that's if, generous. Is that, I mean, that I could like, be very generous. Very generous. I remember two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was again, my expectations were the total opposite. Um, and then a scene that made me cringe. They throw some feminist stuff going in there. Do you remember that Oh, scene? yeah, yeah, because I'm a woman. Because I'm a woman? Oh, really? Because he they, they're in the room. He's got to go. I, the plot was hard to follow to begin with. Yeah. Well. But he has to go find this guy who's got information about... He's a key witness in the inciting event that will clear Kobe Smolter's name. Yes. And he's still struggling with, like, is this girl my daughter or not? And he doesn't want to stay with her. So he's like, he tells Kobe Smolter, you stay here. I'm going to go find the guy. And she's like, well, why can't I go? And he's like, because I'm not dealing with her. And then she, you know, is it because I'm a woman? And it just becomes this whole, like, you're a misogynistic dickhead. Yeah. And I'm a, a entitled feminist. It's just like, no. <laughs> yeah, why is this here? So the weirdest part about that is, you know, I'm, if a movie has a message, a movie has a message. And movies are inherently political, whether you like the politics they're laying down or not so i'm fine when that kind of stuff shows up if they earn it the problem with that is they went out of their way to show that the maybe daughter prefers hanging out with kobe smulder's character to hanging out with tom cruise's character mm -hmm. um and so i think he's that you know he's just like well she effing hates me and she really likes you. You should be the one. Like, that way she has a good time. Because if she is my daughter, I give a crap about her and want her to have a good time. And then it turns into that. And it's like, wait, that was a little unearned. I could see if it was a little more even yeah. the whole time. Like, if she either hated both of them or really liked both of them. But she clearly had a favorite person out of those two that she liked hanging out with. Yeah. Um, so if they were, yeah, if it was, if it was more like that, I, I, I would have been a little more like, okay, at yeah. least you, at least you put something in there that justifies this. Or if they had shown her having to deal with misogynistic men. Th yeah. That's then the, it makes more sense. Yeah. Just to throw it out of the blue of like, clearly you're doing this for me because of this. Yeah. It's just like, where did that come from? Yeah. The only other thing is there's one time and she's not even present for it. Someone calls her a bitch, but she's not on screen. Um, it was right after they broke into the guy's house, the major's house. Oh, and, that part? Yeah. We, so it was when the, when right before the dude beat him with the phone oh, today. Okay. Yeah, 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 he yeah. says, he says something and he references her as the bitch, which is misogynistic, but she wasn't there to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Jack Reacher kicked his butt. Yeah. Ugh, um, yeah. So that, I didn't, I didn't care for that. And then, and then... Yeah, there's very little action. It's very, very slow. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was talking to MJ before we started recording. 
This is this movie was one of the rare times I almost got up and left because I didn't care that much. Like I stayed just to, to finish it out and so I can talk about it tonight and recording, but I darn near left because I just didn't care. I wanted I I it wasn't what I wanted, and maybe maybe that speaks to I needed different expectations. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's what I was promised with yeah. the trailer. Yeah. I wasn't promised this heartfelt journey of a man. And then she's not even his daughter at the yeah. end, which is the uh, ultimate B-slap of, like, even, like, the two moments that they tugged my heartstrings a little mm-hmm. bit are worthless. Yeah. Because, yep. oh, you know, oh, you, Jack Reacher, you know, just, ugh. Yeah. If that, ugh, makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it. I get all of that. I think I did end up liking the movie a little bit more than you did. Uh, That's happened, like, three times yeah. in a row so yeah. far. Yeah, um, I didn't like it. I don't think there was as big of a disparity between that and, like, Miss Peregrine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was maybe the biggest one where, like, I was pretty on board with that movie. Yeah. Um, this one I was less on board with. Part of it is the movie is really boring. It's really slow. Uh, there's not nearly enough action. Um, it commits the cardinal sin of filmmaking, which is uh, tell, don't show, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to show, don't tell, which is how filmmaking should be. And the thing is... There's some decent visual storytelling moments where, like, he frames stuff of, like, you see some suspicious-looking characters in the background. Mm. And then they either do turn out to be, like, there was there was a shot that I thought was great where he's walking through a park talking to someone. And there's a guy in a suit wearing sunglasses in a fedora reading a newspaper. And I thought that was someone who was following him. Mm. And it turned out not to be. But I liked that they put those kind of, like paranoia inducing things throughout the movie so he's capable of good visual storytelling but then when it comes to all the action we just hear about all the cool stuff jack reacher did the movie opens this is where i knew i was in trouble the movie opens in that diner scene yeah where there's a bunch of dudes laying out on the in front of the diner and they're like hey that guy like whipped all these guys that one guy in a matter of seconds why don't we see it why didn't we see it yeah. Why isn't the opening him in the diner, someone coming up and, like, giving him crap, and then him wrecking fools in the diner, then the cops showing up? Like, it starts with, these fools are already wrecked, now the cops show up. And he doesn't even fight the cops, he's just like, you're gonna walk out of here in these handcuffs because you're human trafficking. Yeah. And, like, they do. And I, from that point forward, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um... What I will say is I did like, there were some character beats that I did like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I totally get what you're saying about Cruz being not that good in the movie, but I don't think it's because of Cruz. I think it's because the script is bad. Mm. Um, I think he was ju- he was trying to do the best with what he had to work with. Mm. Um, and so I liked learning a little bit about him and like, I did like spending more time with him. I liked him better as a character in this one than I liked him as a character in the first one. Mm. Um, To the point where actually I think if they made a third one and now that I am more warmed up to the character, but they made it more like a John Wick or James Bond or Mission Impossible (laughs) movie, (laughs) um, I I think I would actually really like a third one of these that's a proper action movie. Yeah. Um, So I think getting a little bit more of a sense of who he was actually helped. And it kind of makes me want to go and watch the first one again after watching the second one to see if I like that. Because one of the things I didn't like in the first one is he didn't feel like a character to me. Mm. He felt like a caricature. Like he had all these dumb one-liners. Like he just spoke in one-liners in the first one. And yeah. I was like, eh, yeah. Eh. Um, but now that I know like how he is as a person, I feel like I could go and connect to all those one-liners in the first one a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Kobe Smulders I actually liked. I thought she got some of the best action scenes in the whole movie, and I thought she did a really good job in them. I really liked that scene. My favorite scene in the whole movie was the chase in New Orleans at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that was actually pretty well done, and I was like, man, like, you're capable of constructing a at least moderately entertaining action sequence. Why didn't you do this the whole time? Mm. When she choked that dude out with the, uh, the cord or whatever, the water hose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that a lot. I thought that was cool. And I thought she like really held her own in the action scene. And so, um, I get you not liking the performance necessarily, but I thought when it came down to the action stuff, she She did a pretty good job. Um, the, the daughter, I didn't like, but 
that's why I liked her. And it's weird to say that. It's as if she fit the part, <clears throat> you know, unlikable kind of a character. Well, she's kind of a bad actress. <laughs> yeah. Her mouth wouldn't stop moving. Um, like, she just kept moving. Like, even when she wasn't talking, she kept, like, moving her mouth a bunch, and that was really distracting. Mm. I think what I liked is that she looked like a person. You know, she, like, looked mm. like a kid. She looked like a teenager. Her hair was, like, a little bit too long, and, like, she still got some baby fat on her face, and her teeth are kind of janky, and... Yeah. I was, like... And she was, like, kind of shiny? Like, she didn't... You could tell she wasn't wearing a lot of makeup, and... Yeah, I think they did a good job making her look like a kid. A natural look. A natural look, but also like a kid who doesn't have the best hygiene because they're in the foster care system and they haven't had a great life. And I think because of that, like, her defensiveness also resonated with... It didn't resonate with me because I wasn't in the foster care system and I wasn't like a crappy teenager like that. But I think she at least had a a reason you could understand for being a crappy teenager. Whereas I feel Mm. like some other crappy teenagers are just like, well, I hate you. Like, yeah. you've done nothing to have this demeanor. And at least uh, at least something in her life, you can kind of see how she would have that wall up. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I also really liked the moment. There was one moment between her and Jack Reacher that I really liked after she went out and found out where the guy was. Yeah. And he was like, that was really stupid. Don't ever do that again. And she was like, you're welcome. And then he like, he smiles a little bit. Like he doesn't want to give her the satisfaction of knowing that he respected that, but he still kind of does. I really like that. I think that was the best, like Cruz acting moment in the whole movie. I thought that was like solid. I really liked that. Um, But those handful of moments in 115 minutes are not enough to redeem it. it. And I think part of why I, would come down on the side of I like of liking it more than you is there's enough nothing going on in the movie that those handful of moments were able to drive my imagination to write in other adventures and stories for these characters. <laughs> but uh, is that really a pro? Well, it made me I like can... them. It made me like the characters more, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I like, you know, I like being connected to the characters, but it's as far as the quality of the movie itself, it's not good. But it made me like the characters, and it made me wish these characters were in a different... It, there were different things happening to them. Yeah, um, yeah the movie's directed super poorly. Like, yeah. it, lo- it almost looks like they forced him to direct it. Like, he was directing it against his will. It did say a Tom Cruise production. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a producer in, I think, almost all his movies. Yeah. Which means he had a say in it. Um, which makes, again, the point... I made last week. I still, even though I think he might be a nice enough guy, I think that sometimes he just makes crappy decisions. Yeah, I get that. Um, I think, I think, I've never read any of the books, but I think the character of Jack Reacher in this might be closer to the character of Jack Reacher in the books. Okay. But I think that they did a poor job. I think it's it's really jarring because the first one was so action heavy that having this kind of character piece about him doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I, I saw a couple people on Twitter who have read the book say, I actually think he did a better job in this movie being Jack Reacher and being closer to the Jack Reacher. I know. Mm. Um, so I think that, so I think that's what helped me like the characters. I was like, Oh yeah, this feels like a guy who would exist. Mm. Kind of. Um, Outside of the daughter not actually being his daughter, I hated the ending of this movie because it took nine hours. It took forever to end. So, you know, he promises this guy, I'm going to break your legs. Oh, I really like that part. When he was on the phone with the the main bad guy, the main dude he was going to have to have like a physical altercation with. And he was like, oh, do I hear fear in your voice? And Cruz's Reacher is just like... I'm going to break your arms, and I'm going to break your legs, and I'm going to break your neck. You hear excitement in my voice. And I was like, that's the Jack Reacher we should have had, man! Yeah. And uh, then he makes good on that in yeah. a not particularly exciting fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're as good as dead. Wink, wink. Yeah. That scene made me cringe. Uh, I thought I hated... I was fine with that um, because I, I liked the setup to it, but I hated the... <laughs> When it was in slow mo, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is stupid." 
<laughs> I was stupid. Um, and I actually really liked the, the way that scene wrapped up where they're dragging him off and she's like, you fell off a building? And he's like, I know. And she's like, did you see how high it was? And he was like, I did. And she asked him a third question. And he's like, can we please save this conversation for some time else? Yeah. And I was like, that was great. Like, that was good. I like that. That was some natural acting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it goes to like, you see everything's right with Kobe Smulders. And then you see him meet up with the daughter to find out if the daughter is his daughter and then she's like ah gotcha you're not i knew the whole time uh, yeah and then she like ends up going to this catholic school that like she it looked like she was gonna hate but then she was like well maybe like maybe after we've been through some structures probably a good thing and i kind of like that actually i, mm-hmm. I like that idea i thought it was really poorly executed yeah um on the cell phone and then she slips a cell phone on him, which I actually, I kind of like, because that was a major plot point of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. that happened a bunch. Like, people just kept slipping each other cell phones. Um, <laughs> and so I thought that was, like, kind of kind of a cool little touch to, like, hey, remember when we went on that cell phone <laughs> sneaking adventure? Um, <laughs> and then he just, like, walks off and... Off into the sunset, Off into the sunset, will. which, like, all of those things individually... I like except the the I knew the whole time (laughs) that you were uh, that was stupid but it just it takes forever for you to see that all is right in the world of Kobe Smulders it takes forever for them to be like oh yeah that lady who's been serving you coffee this whole time has been my mom and she you guys didn't recognize recognize each other it took forever that scene of him dropping her off at Catholic school felt like it was like a hundred hours it felt forever and then it was just him walking off into the sunset was forever. There were so many shots of him walking into the sunset, and I was like, I just need one, man. Yeah. I just need one, yeah. and I get what he's going to do. Well, again, it plays into the pacing of this movie. was just weird for it was, me. Yeah, like, it was really poorly edited. It, it sped up the parts that needed to slow down mm-hmm. action, mm-hmm. and it slowed down, in my opinion, the parts that needed to... Okay. Yes. Yeah. You can If it's good character development, spend your time on it. Mm-hmm. If it's this... Uh, please speed through it because you're boring me to death. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Uh, I'm super bummed about this one, actually. I yeah. really... Like I said, I, I walked in, I, I I just wanted to see me some Tom Cruise punching guys. Yeah. Because I feel like the last couple movies I've reviewed, I've been the schmuck of the show, but I can't help but be honest. Although I am closer to your opinion on Magnificent Seven now that I'm a few weeks out from it. Like, I kind of hate it. It's, it's bad. It's bad. It's not it's a good super, movie. It's super it's, bad. Yeah, it's really not good. Um, because even when we recorded it, I came down that I liked it, but I really didn't know where I felt about it because mm. it was real uneven. Yeah. Um, this movie was also real uneven. Uh, Miss Peregrine was also real uneven, but I liked it more. Uh, yeah, this was this was real uneven. I told someone on Twitter that I enjoyed it. I'm not sure that I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed writing my own stories with these characters while that movie happened in front of me. I made my own fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Not great, Jack Reacher. Nope. I, 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 like I said, I knew we were in trouble from the first scene, but I also knew we were in trouble when Edward Zwick was the director because he is made some boring looking movies i don't think i've ever seen an edward zwick movie but he has made some that look very boring to me he may have made the movie breach which i really like but it's also very slow um but yeah i i kind of figured like once once i knew edward zwick was the director i was like oh he's not an action we didn't you didn't hire an action guy to do this yeah it just it sucks because i feel like i'm a victim of the marketing now Mm. Especially because I have the app on my phone called Jack Reacher Never Stop Punching. And, like, the whole app is Jack Reacher. This, like, 8-bit Tom Cruise running around docks punching people. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen in the movie at all! He punches maybe three scenes, maybe? Maybe. There's a scene on the plane. Scene on the plane. There's the scene in the alleyway with the four guys and the gun and really guys. Oh, yeah. And then the, the final boss fight. Well, and then there's the gunfight at the docks. Oh, yeah. Which, actually, I like that part. Because it's yeah. the first time you saw gunplay. Yeah. And even I actually ended up being a little bit boring. But... Yeah, yeah. I liked that, too, because it was the closest thing to an action sequence by that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Do you have any other thoughts on Jack Reacher? 
No, please make it end. Please make it end. I hated it. I will never see it again as long as I live. I, uh, I mean, I guess it lives up to its title. Never go back. <laughs> Synergy. <laughs> I'm here today to talk to you about product intergortion. Intergortion? <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got, man, on Jack Reacher Punch, punch Town. Punch uh, this in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week to talk about Before Doctor Strange. Um, by the... What? By Marvel? No, by the hoary hosts of Hogarth? Hogarth? No, what Hogarth is... Talking about? What's his catchphrase, man? Oh, by the Eye of Agamemnon? No. Uh, That's his thing. He's actually, he's the one Marvel comic book character I don't know a whole lot about. I gotta do my research. Yeah, I was, I was right. Alright, what's the, what's the quote? By the hoary hosts of Hogoth. Are they like slut monsters? Yeah, it's (laughs) H-O-A-R-Y. Yeah, that's a thing, that's like a thing that's associated with him. That's his cat. That sounds like a Stan Lee thing. Yeah, it does. Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know why it's a thing, but it is. It's a thing he says. That's something I've uh, the one I haven't read his single stuff, but anytime I've read him in the Avengers, he never has that catchphrase. So oh, maybe it died out. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he says it, but I think it's like I think associated it, with. I him. think yeah, I think there's a famous arc involving hogoth or hoggoth or whatever it's called okay and i think they say that like that phrase is associated with, with the plane one. like the dimension of hoggoth oh okay yeah so that might be an easter egg or something in the movie yeah yeah. yeah that'd be cool yep um but yeah we'll be back to talk about that uh with um starring cummerbund bandersnatch uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so here's a fun thing to do. Um, you know the song Photograph by Nickelback? Yeah, yeah. Look at this photograph. Okay, now sing Benedict Cumberbatch the same way. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm doing that all the way on the drive. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, that's going to be the rest of your night. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so that's 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 what we have to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll be back to talk about that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me at MJ Smith eight nine one on Twitter. You can find us uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Beyond Pod. If you're an Android user, although if you are listening to this, you've already found us. So maybe this isn't for you. <laughs> um, maybe this part. But you can find us on YouTube every single week. Uh, this week we're talking about after interview with a vampire, myself and Michael Moray. And uh, spoilers is pretty good, except for the parts where Tom Cruise isn't in it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you can find everything we do at thatrealperspective.blogspot.com. That's that r e e l perspective.blogspot.com. And until next week, go watch mascots. Yeah. <laughs>